the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Greetings, it's meeting time. These past two Holy Weeks, Palm Sunday and Easter, we contemplated the price, the cost, the sacrifice Jesus paid by dying on the cross for your sins and my sins. We lamented his death and burial, but then we celebrated and worshiped his resurrection. In John chapter 20, we find Mary Magdalene weeping near the empty tomb of Jesus. But in verse 16, Jesus reveals himself by simply saying, Mary. And then in verse 18, Mary ran to the disciples and said, I have seen the Lord. Amen. As Christians, we too have the assurance that Jesus is risen and we will see him as well. He's now in heaven with the Father, but he hasn't left us on our own. And as believers in this resurrection king, we have his spirit living inside us. He's with us to guide us, direct us, teach us on this journey of restoration. God reveals his plans for our recovery and the power to accomplish it through his written word, the Bible. And from Genesis to Revelation, there are spiritual principles providing a pathway out of the darkness of your secret addiction into the light of the world, gifting us with forgiveness, wholeness, reconciliation, and healing. And they're known as the 12 Steps of Recovery. Today, we're going to continue our introduction of the 11th step that we sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God and praying only for the knowledge of His will and the peril to carry it out. Now, before I delve into this principle, I know too many within earshot of my voice are experiencing a living hell, chaos, and torment caused by an addictive lifestyle. Folks, that's not God's will. That's Satan's will. And in active addiction, we worship false gods. Alcohol, drugs, gambling, pornography, sexual addiction, food, money, addictive relationships. You fill in the blanks. You know the false god that's controlling, that's suffocating your life. Well, applying these steps won't get you to heaven. Only Jesus can do that. But this journey will lead you out of the hell you're existing in. For your knowledge, this isn't an in-depth study of these steps, but an introduction of God's healing principles. And we pray that a seed of hope is planted in your heart, encouraging you to join us on this God-given plan of recovery and healing. Now, for those of us living by these 12 biblical principles, we've learned that steps 1 through 10 have set the stage for us to improve this conscious contact with God, to seek His instructions and follow His guidance. In the first three steps, we committed to turn from our addictive lifestyle and turn our will and life over to God. Let me paraphrase. Step one, I can't do this. Step two, he can. And step three, I'm going to let him. 
and steps four through nine, we clean out the wreckage of our past by journaling our past sins, defects, offenses to mankind, and then we try to make amends to those we've harmed. Now, step 10 is the first of the maintenance steps. It reminds us that we will never be perfect. And by admitting our wrongs, prevent our old stinking thinking from taking hold of our mind and our soul. We consciously examine our daily conduct. We see our errors, and then we seek God's guidance in correcting them. Now, to continue this journey of long-term recovery and spiritual growth, we must find a connection to God beyond believing that he exists. Sadly to say, many people, they know about God, but not personally. And even more tragic, they believe that they can get to heaven by being a good person. Never have accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. Listen, our relationship with God is the most important asset, but it must be a personal relationship. In John fourteen six. Jesus proclaims, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Faith in Jesus is the only way to truly know God and receive the meaningful personal relationship that he wants for us. Our relationship must be a love affair. Look, God loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you. And this sacrificial love should draw out our heartfelt love to him. In John 14, 9, we learn we love him because he loved us first. Folks, the only reason that we love at all is because he loved us first. In Matthew ten thirty nine, Jesus teaches, if you cling to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you'll find it. And as I just mentioned, when we live for ourselves, we become slaves to Satan's will, worshiping these false gods, causing destructive behaviors that lead to jails, institutions, and death. And the only way to get control of our life is to submit to God through Jesus Christ. Obeying God is the only way to find true meaning to life. So how do we ignite this love affair with God? How do we learn how to obey God and communicate with him? That's by infusing the 11th step to our lives. You see, this principle, it's the next maintenance step. And step 11 is the learning process of the power of prayer and meditation. And it's through this process that we become more aware of his presence, his love, guidance, in our lives. It's in this step that we draw near to God and seek his will for our lives. Now, let's review some key aspects of this step. Prayer. Start with this. Who are we praying to? It certainly shouldn't be a force that we create in our own minds. Once again, this being a Christian meeting, we pray to the author of the Bible, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Praying for us is not merely an exercise in spiritual discipline, but a conversation with the one who loves us, who died for us. Prayer is the communication we need to maintain our living relationship with our Savior. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus taught his disciples a model prayer. 
We know it as the Lord's Prayer. And as I studied this prayer, I found this 11th step in Matthew 6, verse 10. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, this petition acknowledges God knows what's best for you and me, and that's seeking his will and relinquishing our self-will. And he also teaches this love, worship, and obedience to God. Well, they're all reality in heaven, and this prayer is that these conditions might exist on earth as they do in heaven, that they might exist in your life and my life. We need to pray as David did in Psalm 25. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your path. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are my God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Like David, we need to ask God how to live according to his truth, his will, and not ours. Folks, when we ask Christ to be our Savior and pray for the knowledge and power to do his will, God shows up. But truth be told, many of us don't pray as David did. If we look back at our prayer life, we discover they mainly consist of asking God for things we want. Give me, fix me, protect me. Or how about these 911 prayers? Get me out of this and I'll never do it again. And sadly, we miss having this genuine relationship, this genuine love affair with God. And that's why we need to apply step 11 to our prayer life. This is the principle that guides us to see God for who he is. He's our father, our savior, and comforter. Not for what he can give us. Our prayers should be a heartfelt conversation moving beyond our self-centered request to a sincere desire to know God better, to love him more, and receive what he wants us to do with our lives. Now, that's what I call a two-way love affair. Then there's meditation. Meditation must be approached spiritually. This is not an exercise for our minds. It's a practice for our spirit. And we call meditation a listening prayer. To listen We study scripture, we quiet our minds, and then we drink in God's personal message to us. How about conscious contact? This is the love affair, the fellowship, the connection with God. And in the early stages of recovery, we pray to God to free us from our dependencies, as we should. But as we discover how much he loves us, we want to be near him because of the peace and joy we feel in his presence. Experiencing God in this deeper, richer way requires time. And as David did, we must commune with God daily, giving thanks, praise, and waiting patiently as we learn to understand his ways, his wills waiting patiently as he gives us our marching orders. And lastly, seeking God's will. Listen, we're all born with a free will and inbred with a sinful nature, and that's used to rebel against God. And the only way to reverse this pain of separation from God is to choose his will over our own. And that's praying for the knowledge of his will and the power to carry it out. So how do we accrue this knowledge and power? 
Start with this. We must relinquish all control to God, making him the focus, direction, purpose, solution, and the reason for our recovered life. It reverts back to step one. Let go. Let God. Secondly, waiting for God doesn't mean we stay stuck. We don't just sit there with crossed legs. This power comes from action. We must do footwork. We need to find a Bible-teaching church. You may need counseling from a pastor or priest. And once again, God speaks to us through the pages of the Bible. Studying Scripture are God's instructions and guidance and food for our soul. Taking action is by attending 12-step meetings and connecting with healthy and supporting people. Taking action is never stop searching for all of God's dimensions. Amen. Next week, we'll be introducing the 12-step of recovery. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to others and practice these principles in all our affairs. And I want you to reference Titus 3, verses 1 through 5. Amen.